that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people and I've played some too. And there's one thing I know, people like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? Hey, y'all making a day. Thanks for joining me this evening here on the Spudcast podcast. Well, I'm talking out my ass to former senator, but I can still call him senator because he was a senator, Elbert Guillory, who has this thing called Elbert Guillory's America. And he's got a hell of a story to tell, and I'm going to let him tell it right here on the Spudcast. I was supposed to have state rep Larry Freeman on tonight and Elbert tomorrow night, but what can I say? My interview with uh, Larry Freeman, technically, it is FUBAR. So uh, I'm going to re-interview him later in the week, and he'll be on Sunday night. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy the quiet and happy musings of me and Senator Elbert Guillory here on the Spudcast Podcast talking out my ass. Spud here. You know, the last couple of years, I got to be buddies with attorney Mike Brandner. The guy Gambit readers have voted the state's best lawyer two years running. Yeah, he's been on that super lawyer's list longer than I can remember. But you don't make it number one on those lists because you have witty commercials. You make it because you treat your clients like they're number one. And that's what Mike Brander does. His clients are like his friends. He helps them through the tough times until he can get them a big check from the big insurance companies. So if you're in a wreck, get the big guy in your corner. Get Mike Brander, 345-1111. Hey, what you gonna do this weekend? You can't go dancing and go to the show because the Corona Cootie's back with a vengeance. Well, I got an idea. Go fishing. Yeah, get yourself a licensed and insured guide on lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. And at lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos galore from all the happy fishermen and women and kids. And Don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. Bud here, do your breakers keep breaking? Do you see a spark when you plug in your hair dryer? If you do, I want you to remember one thing. 947-3392. That's Eugene Lawrence's number at E1 Electric. Let's face it, you don't know nothing about electricity, but Eugene does. A licensed and insured electrical contractor, over 25 years experience, him and his crew can do anything for you, from hanging a ceiling fan to rewiring an apartment complex. So before you hear this, you better hear this. Thanks for calling E1 Electric. How can we help you? E1 Electric, 504-947-3392. Okay, so I'm talking to former state senator Elbert Guillory, but since you had the actual title, I can still just call you senator. Isn't that correct? That is correct. Sir. Well, then, senator, how you been, man? It's been a long. You know what? So I I I, I ran into the senator at uh, what is Cruer's politics with a punch, and the last time you and I talked, you were running for lieutenant governor, and I had all the lieutenant governor candidates on my on my show when I was on TV, and uh, it was the first time you know. I knew of you, and I'd heard your speeches, and I'd seen the stuff you post. But it was the first time I ever got to talk to you, and I found you a fascinating man and a man who is worthy of respect. And uh, it was a great pleasure to bump into you at Jeff Carrera's thing, especially since you live way to hell over there in Opelousas someplace. You know? Yes, indeed. And for all of you who don't know that, after he got off the off the thing. With us at what nine thirty or so, he got in the car and drove all the way back to Opelousas, so he'd be be in court the next morning. So you are one dedicated individual, sir. Thank you. It's it's the way that my family rolls. We just have to to work hard. If you if you intend to succeed in this country, you've got to work hard. Well, I work hard, but I'm lazy. I would have. <laughs> he called up and said, "Well, you know, we're going to do politics with a punch." 
and you're not going to get out till 9, 9.30. And it's like, mm, I ain't driving that far. I mean, if I'd have been done at 7.30 or 8, I might have gone. But getting out of there at 9.30, drive all the way to Appaloosa, and then to be in court the next morning with, uh, with a judge that I'm not going to say what you said about her since she may hear this. So, <laughs> or maybe I shouldn't even said that. Huh? She go, what the hell did you say, Gillery? <laughs> anyway, so thanks for joining a, me. I appreciate it. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, I remember the the conversation that we had a few years ago when I was running for lieutenant governor, and uh, it was it was a good conversation. I, I enjoyed right. it, and. I, I'm I'm happy that we've been able to reconnect and will not let years go past again. No, well now I know how to reach you too. You know, before I mean all that information I have from the TV show, that's all all that's gone. You know, I mean, what can I say? Uh, it was all like in in. Well, it's just it's just gone. All that contact info. So I'm glad we're yes, I'm glad we're able to reconnect. Uh, let's let's talk about a few things that came up at Politics with a Punch. Which, by the way, as I was saying. I was on the very first panel that he did, like before Katrina, way before Katrina. And uh, this this past one to last week, I said, you know, when he texted me and asked me to do it, uh, I asked him, who's paying for the booze? Because <laughs> every time I've done that show, I go buy my own booze. I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're charging people to get in here. You, We're showing up for free to entertain folks. And I got to buy my own liquor? I don't think so. So I said, this is the first time he's bought me a drink and his fiance is yelling from the house, I paid for that drink. He said, man, damn, damn, that boy is some kind of clever. Uh, what what coerced you to drive all that distance to appear on this thing? Since, I mean, you're an attorney and you care about the country and the state, but I mean, what 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 enticed you to come all the way down to, uh, to Metairie from... Uh, from over there in uh, in in Bayou Land or not Bayou? Where, where are you? Absolutely. Opelousas? Yes, Opelousas. Bay Bayou Land, Cajun Land. Yeah, over there. It was important to be there. New Orleans, Metairie, that that whole area has voted for some really strange politicians. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a diplomatic way to put it. Most people would have said asshole, but <laughs> but you're a classy fella. I'll I'll do the I'll do the I'll do the crappy stuff, and you you stay up on your level. Um, well, you know I'm I'm, I'm ex Navy. <clears throat> oh yeah, I'm a Navy veteran, and so uh, I, I, in my life I've cussed like a sailor, but now that I'm a Baptist preacher. I try yeah. to uh, have to curb the enthusiasm. <laughs> Those nautical terms still try to slip out, but I. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You were like, okay, so you were a state senator, so you're a politician. You're an attorney at law, and you're a Baptist preacher. Are you the pastor of a church? Are you like uh, the vicar or something, the associate pastor? I mean, how many? I'm an how many? Pastor. Okay, I was gonna say, Bob, how many hats can you wear? Because you, I don't know anybody who can be a pastor of a church and have enough time to be a lawyer and then drive to Metairie to listen to our bunch of nonsense. I'm also a lieutenant on the Appaloosas Police uh, Reserve. So you don't, frankly, have any time. So, so I'm surprised you have this this thirty minutes to talk to me. That's. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a big load you to carry now. But you know what? I mean, that was one thing I noticed when we, you and I met 
and talked about on the Spudcast on TV is that you don't let the grass grow under your feet. It's like you got to keep, you've got to keep busy. It's like, you know, it, it, it's almost like the idle hands of the devil's workshop. So you want to keep your hands pretty busy. Absolutely. There's a limited amount of time that I have on this earth and I must use every second of it um, in a, a wise fashion, hopefully a godly fashion, mm-hmm. because I, I must I must answer for it. Uh, there'll be plenty of time for me to rest and lollygag uh, when I'm dead. I like that term lollygag. That's a term. You know, all those all those terms don't don't get used enough. Um, what do you picture as lollygagging, Senator? Uh, sitting down in a rocking chair and just looking into the sunset and and giving sage advice to all the young whippersnappers out there (laughs) (laughs) well you know us us, us elders that's that's part of the responsibility an elder is supposed to uh, to give that that advice and hopefully it is sage and certainly experience i've made a lot of errors in my life going down some bad roads and so I can tell young people um, exactly uh, what difficulties can lie out there, lie in wait for them. Yeah, but you got well. You see, like I don't have any. Uh, my my kids don't have any grandparents. I didn't have any. I had a lot of aunts and uncles that were older than my parents because both my parents were the youngest of of their big families. Uh, but you know, no grand. I, my, I had a grandmother who died when I was two, right after my sister behind me was born uh so i mean we didn't have anybody my parents didn't have anybody to tell them how to raise kids really my uh, my my wife's parents and my parents died before we ever even met so my kids don't have grandparents so i'm sitting here making mistakes raising my kids and then sometimes i think ah it's too late if i would have told them this stuff five years before and if i'd have had uh one of my parents around to tell me the boo-boos you know but no, I didn't. So I, I, I don't know. I, yes, it is. It's up to it's up to people like you. And if I have if I become a grandparent, it's up to people like me to tell your children, don't do that. I did that with you. And look how you turned out. What you know, what a loser you are. Don't do that. You know, <laughs> I hope my kids don't listen to this one. I'll never hear the end of it. Well, don't hesitate to call when you need some some elder advice. Oh, good. I should have called you 15 years ago is what I should have done. <laughs> uh, what, are, what are you up to right now? Because I know you've got a, a website or something called uh, Elbert Guillory's America, and you made a lot of comments that people, you know, you, I would say, well, every politician makes comments that rub some people the wrong way. But uh, you've, you've, really, uh, you've really rubbed some people the wrong way. I know it doesn't affect you, your, your decision-making processes and things like that. But there's a lot of people going, you know, where do you come up with this stuff? You know, I mean, you're you're like a hardcore conservative, man. Absolutely, I, I come from a hardcore conservative family. We, uh, I I was working in the fields when I was a little kid. I I left the fields to to start my own lawn service when I was eight years old what? with an old push mower. Those old rotary blade mowers. Mm. Uh, I know. By the mean. time I was nine, I had an employee. Well, I I started cutting grass. I grew up in the country, and uh, so just the house that we were on, lived on was like almost three acres. But we had a big garden, and I started cutting grass 
uh, at like eight and a half or nine for 50 cent allowance a week. But, uh, I, you know, it was, it was a craftsman gas mower. So I don't know. And we were, you know, working our own garden, picking the okra and butter beans and, and tomatoes and things like that. But, yes, you know, once, once we all got into school, uh, and, and we were in the band and the boy scouts and all this other stuff you get into all that kind of stuff went to the wayside, except for cutting the grass, you know? So I don't know. I, uh, I tell you what, I sure wish I could go back to some of those days where you just get up in the morning and go water the garden. And then by the time it gets hot in the daytime, you're done with your gardening. You can go sit on the carport and have a cup of coffee and wait for the sun to get cool again. Well, it was fun. It was good. Those those days, uh, they, they taught us a lot and gave us a lot of character. Work ethic. Unfortunately, uh, we don't uh, have our children working this that much anymore well who's got the land to do a garden who's got the land to do any and then you know there's so many demands on your time nowadays just just to go out and make a living to break even that you don't have the time to spend with your children or as i mean that's just an excuse i'm coming up with i try to spend a lot of time with my kids but they're all growing up now you know i mean my two oldest have jobs my youngest is going full-time to loyola she got like almost a full scholarship over there and she's making straight A's. So I'm very wow. happy with that. But it's like, you know what? We don't even hardly get to sit down and eat supper together anymore because the, the schedules conflict so much, you know? So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if these modern times are that, are that great. Um, I, as an elder, I would urge you to make some time these moments that you have with that young lady. Uh, and and she, needs, she needs to have this time with her daddy. I agree. I do make agree. Some, make some time. Take well, we some do stuff. Time. She goes out in gardens with her mother. But uh, yeah, I'm out. But I'm out hustling every every day, trying to make a buck to keep a roof over our heads. And it's like, you know what? I'll, I'll gain a roof and lose a kid. So. And pay for all of those uh, those shoes that she wears. <laughs> those shoes in the closet. <laughs> yeah, between her and my wife, and the, the two girls and my wife. Amelda Marcos don't got nothing on us. <laughs> Albert, I'm going to step away for a second. When I come back, though, we're going to talk about your family history because I was I was fascinated with your story. And we'll talk about your work ethics and and, uh, and just, I mean, that's why I'm inviting you on because I find you a fascinating and and uh, honorable man. And I just like people to uh, to hear about, about you and your life. Uh, this you. is the Spudcast Podcast. I'm talking out my ass with Senator Albert Guillory. And we'll be back in more right after this. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish Coffee, and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish Coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake, or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market. Or order it online. Have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. 
Ready to wave bye-bye to this rotten year? Then get the greatest holiday gift of 2020, the iWave air purifier from Serentine Comfort Systems. This proven ion technology kills molds, allergens, bacteria, even viruses, including COVID-19. Serentine can install the iWave right in your existing AC unit. No UV bulbs, no filters, no maintenance, and all for about 25 bucks a month. Call your iWave dealer, Serentine Comfort Systems, at 504-833-8831. 504-833-8831. Are you ready to launch? The American Space Alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all Americans, and not just for national pride. You know how many products are created by and for NASA that we use every day? Scratch-resistant lenses, dustbusters, LASIK eye surgery, solar cells, firefighting equipment, LEDs, insulin pumps, the list just keeps on growing, and it needs to keep on growing, because the next generation of space exploration has arrived, and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. And we're back talking to Senator, former Senator, but I can still call him Senator, and uh, Reverend, what's your official title as a Baptist minister? Do I call you Mr. or Minister, or what I call you? <laughs> Reverend is fine, but you may call me Elbert. Mother loved that name, uh, and and I like it, so and just what, plain old Elbert is fine. Re- uh, Senator Reverend Elbert. Where, where, I mean, where did she come up with Elbert? Is that a family name? My name is John Alexander, okay? I have, um, I have an ancestor whose name was Alexander Elbridge McConnell. And he was actually a friend of Jim Bowie's. And uh, he was a physician in uh, in New Orleans. And he died uh, ministering people uh, during uh, the, the yellow fever epidemic. And everybody's going, man, I'm glad he didn't go with Jim Bowie to the Alamo and get died. Well, he actually would have lasted longer if he'd have gone to the Alamo because uh, he died before the Alamo fell. But my dad wanted to call me Alexander Elbridge. And my mother went, I don't think so. So the Alexander in the middle is from that, but the John, I don't even know where that came from. There's no real. I got. I do have a cousin named John, but everybody calls him by his middle name Pat. And so, well, there you it's, go. It's a strong name. It's a strong, good name. Well, I guess that's why people call me Spud. Then, <laughs> not quite as strong, Albert. You know. I was going to ask you, how did you get that name? I know that's a that's a childhood name. Oh yeah, I had it. I had it since I was ten years old, and I joined the Boy Scouts. Well, no, I joined the Boy Scouts at ten. You're supposed to be eleven, but I joined at ten. I had two older brothers, and they were both in the Scouts. And uh, they uh, they never called me John. They always had some nickname for me. Most of the time, it was pretty derogatory. Uh, but anyway, so I joined the Scouts, and there was a big fat guy in another troop called tater and so they started calling me tater jr and then after a couple of years he quit so i just became tater and then tater tater evolved into spud then i got to college and i would figure okay well i'll drop the spud and just be john but then i was in the band at nickel state and there were 10 upperclassmen named john so i had to stay spud and then i started doing stand-up comedy and they had spuds mckenzie and i had a bunch of bits so i just what the hell so i'm spud i didn't Ain't no sense fighting it. I mean, I'm 62. I've been spud for 52 years. So there you go. It fits well, too. Oh, yeah, I'm bulgous. So where did, uh, El- where did Albert come from? That was a baseball player in the old Negro Leagues back in the early 40s mm-hmm. whose name was Albert. And mother 
thought that he was uh, she just liked the name she mm-hmm. looked it up and found out that it's uh, english and it means elegant and so she wanted that oh. elegance and stuck on her child well it it worked you're a very elegant man you're eloquent and elegant and uh, i'm a spud so there you go <laughs> so we, <laughs> we, we reflect our, ourselves there you know it's a mirror image name there. so there you go uh but your family actually you know uh, um i i had known some of your family history but at the podcast thing you uh, the uh, punch politics with a punch you were telling people something that people didn't know i mean you're you or your what grandfather was a slave my grandfather was a slave. My mother's daddy was born a slave mm-hmm. right here in Opelousas. Uh, when slavery ended, he had the opportunity uh, to go back to Africa, uh, to certainly leave his former slave master. Mm-hmm. He didn't either. Uh, he continued to work for that, that gentleman. Uh, our families remain close to this very day. The big house is still one block from where my office is. He uh, he bought property from his former master, uh, built the first church for black folk in this part of the country, one of the first in Louisiana, started the first school for black folk. Uh, so God, education, and hard work were his way up. Mm-hmm. into American opportunity. And he passed that on to his daughter who uh, started off as a maid, ended up as a school principal, spent 44 years teaching in St. Landry Parish. And her three children, um, one a registered nurse, retired now surgical nurse from MD Anderson, another first black woman to graduate from LSU's medical school and teaching now at Baylor's Medical School. And her son, uh, ex-law professor from Rutgers and a former state senator, worked for Richard Nixon. Hmm. So in three generations, we have accomplished from slavery to the halls of, of Ivy as, as much as one could accomplish in this nation and so you're basically telling people it's just opportunity it's exactly right it's do you are you going to be are you going to be a perpetual victim and always blame somebody else for your woes or are you going to first off uh your grandfather forgave his master so i mean that's that's a big thing in the belief in jesus christ is, is forgiveness and belief in God. And so I'm assuming that your grandfather uh, forgave the master. And like you said, the families are still close to this day. I can only assume that um, maybe he was one of the more lenient slave owners, or I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm guessing, I don't know. But for your, for your grandfather to actually stay there, I'd have to go. They, they had must had must have uh, some kind of a decent working relationship uh, uh, before his uh, freedom was granted. Absolutely. I, I don't, in, in the, the, the family's discussions, there was never a concept of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. There was much more of partnership. 
um, his master raised horses. He, uh, they were Senegalese, as I understand, mm -hmm. and uh, horse whisperers. So they handled horses, they being him, his brother, his dad. Um, they handled the man's horses. The man appreciated it and recognized their value. So they just worked together. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a matter of fact, he sold my uncle and my uncle's brother, uh, excuse me, my grandfather and my great uncle. He sold them the property across the street from his house, from the big house, uh, so that they could be close by. That's how close they were. I don't know whether there was forgiveness, but there was a lot of partnership. All right. Well, forgiveness is between you and God and you and the person you're forgiven. So that was, Absolutely. you weren't, you weren't there. So that ain't in your, in your purview. Exactly. Oh, but that, but that, like you said, that just set a standard right there, a standard for your mother and a standard for, uh, for you and your siblings to, uh, to achieve. And that's one of, that's one of the things that, uh, I don't want to say it surprised me because my first conversation with you uh, kind of opened the door to go, this, this guy, this guy's got the proper outlook on life to the point where I should be, I should increase my work ethic, man. I mean, you're older than I am and I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm going to go out there and cut the grass for a couple of hours and I'm going to take a shower and call it a day, you know, and you're, that's just when you're getting started once I've finished. So rocking and rolling up there. I, I'm sitting at my desk as we speak. I've been here since eight o'clock this morning. Well, I'm sitting at my desk as we speak, but my desk is actually in my bedroom because my wife took over the den for her desk for her business. So uh, it's good. To, it's it's even lazier for me because in about 15 seconds, I could be up and laying in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I could only dream about uh, having a, a desk in my bedroom like that. That's well, it's just I live in a, you know, I, I five people, two cats and a dog living in a 2000 square foot camelback house. So, you know, you got to you got to go where you can go. It's like my kids. My son has his own bedroom of which my two daughters are both very envious. And I say, well, guess what? If we'd have had two boys, one of you girls would be. And, but um, that's the way it is. I mean, I grew up in a house. Uh, me and my two brothers ended up being the three biggest people in the family. And we ended up having in the smallest bedroom. You know, in a two bedroom, three uh, three bath house. I mean, yeah, three bedroom, two bath house, with a front room, a dining room, and a kitchen. That was it. And the rest of the time, a covered patio, covered breezeway. So go outside and play. If it starts raining, that's okay. Stay out there. Absolutely. If you had a chance, okay. So so uh, so your mother was a school teacher and a principal. If you had the opportunity to get in front of a bunch of of kids at a school, like in front of an entire school. And tell them, you know, something. What would it be? What I mean, would it be your work ethic? Would it be your story? What would you tell somebody, uh, young people who are old enough to grasp, upper middle school, high school, something like that? What would you tell them, so that maybe they could see the light and make the and do the achievements that that you've been able to accomplish? I would first share with them the my family's formula which is God, education, and hard work. And, and then I would tell them that this is the land of opportunity and that we should, that they should take full advantage of the opportunity and that there is everyone 
who who has come to this nation, and and this is a nation of immigrants. Uh, they've had hard times. The Irish, many came as indentured servants, uh, virtually slaves. Uh, the Italians, uh, the Cajun people, no one has, has suffered more than the Cajun people. Uh, but no one gets stuck in the past. And so we're not, the, being a black Cajun, we're not trying to get uh, reparations from the Queen of England for the compensation for the lands and for the the pain that we suffered uh, mm -hmm. in Acadia and coming into this country. Uh, we came. This is the land of opportunity we built, and Cajun country is thriving. Uh, same thing with uh, my African ancestors. Same thing with my Native American ancestors. We were already here. But uh, yeah. well, there, there have been some upheavals and some 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 difficult days. But today we have the opportunities to be full Americans and to make it work for ourselves and our families. So it's a it's the land of opportunity, but you need to take the opportunity and not wait for somebody to give you the opportunity. And if you spend all your time boudin about the past, you pretty much eliminated your future. Absolutely. If you choose to be today's victim, you will be tomorrow's failure. But if you hit God, education, and hard work today, take full advantage of the opportunity, tomorrow is going to be a success for you. And then you'll be able to put your your desk in your bedroom and in 15 <laughs> seconds, you get up and stretch out and take a dodo, man. Senator, I'm such a... Such a pleasure and a joy talking to you. I wish I had more time, but I don't. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Where can people find out more about Elbert Guillory's America? Um, go to uh, YouTube, Elbert Lee Guillory, or to um, Facebook, Elbert Guillory. And, of course, the uh, on the Internet, our, our Elbert, uh, Elbert Guillory's America.com. Take a, take a look at us. Join us. Give us your advice, your prayers, and your criticisms that'll make us sharper. Thank you. Thanks, Albert. Spud, thank you. All right. Okay, wrapping up the Spudcast right after this. Does the sound of thunder strike fear in your home? There's only one sure way to fix a flooding problem. Home Team Elevation. End the worry. Stop insurance rate hikes. Get your flooding problem fixed now with the Home Team Advantage. Experienced, hands-on, local owners. You want design choices? On the Home Team, you're the MVP. So don't wait. Elevate with Home Team Elevation because the flood stops here. Get your free quote at 3011222. or go to hometeamelevation.com. Spud here. On Friday, two friends told me they had COVID. Monday evening, I started feeling punky. Tuesday morning at 6.30, I was at Rapid Urgent Care getting tested, and by 7 o'clock, I was quarantined. Don't fool around. If you have any symptoms, let the professionals at Rapid Urgent Care diagnose your condition. They've got you covered with eight clinics from Baton Rouge to Bogalusa, from Metairie to Mandeville. You can even visit a doctor online. Mask up and get yourself and your loved ones tested at Rapid Urgent Care. Go to rapidurgentcare.com to find the clinic nearest you. Okay, uh, Senator uh, Elbert Guillory. What a fascinating man, a great story. He should be uh, an inspiration to a lot of people, young and old. 
Uh, anyway, we're going to have more guests tomorrow night on the Spudcast podcast. Thanks for joining me here. You, of course, can listen to the Spudcast on uh, on these national platforms, uh, Red Circle and Spotify and Google Podcasts and Amazon and Public Radio and Stitcher. And I'm also on Twitter, at SpudGotDat. I'm also on my Facebook pages, Spud's Friends and Fans, John McConnell, The Big Teasy. If you'd like to sponsor the Spudcast, which I could always use another sponsor, uh, or if you'd like to have it emailed directly to you, you can contact me at thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Till tomorrow night, y'all be safe. Watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecone.